to any enlightened community of minds. In this community, Colonel Drummond, and in this sovereign state, exactly the opposite is the case. The language of the law is clear, Your Honor. We do not need experts to question the validity of a law that is already on the books. Well, what do you need? A gallows to hang him from? That remark is an insult to this entire community. And this community is an insult to the world. Your Honor, I request permission to withdraw from this case. Mr. Drummond, you can't quit now. Why not? You were ready two five minutes ago. Colonel Drummond. What reasons can you possibly have? Well, there are 200 of them. And if that's not enough, there's one more. I think my client has already been found guilty. Oh. Is Mr. Drummond saying that this expression of an honest emotion will in any way influence the court's impartial administration of the law? I say that you cannot administer a wicked law impartially. You can only destroy. You can only punish. And I warn you. That a wicked law like cholera destroys everyone it touches. It's upholders as well as its defiers. Colonel Drummond, can't you understand that if you take a law like evolution and you make it a crime to teach it in the public schools, tomorrow you can make it a crime to teach it in the private schools, and tomorrow you may make it a crime to read about it, and soon you may ban books and newspapers. And then you may turn Catholic against Protestant, and Protestant against Protestant, and try to foist your own religion upon the mind of man. If you can do one, you can do the other. Because fanaticism and ignorance is forever busy and needs feeding. And soon, Your Honor, with banners flying and with drums beating, we'll be marching backward, backward, through the glorious ages of that 16th century, when bigots burned the man who dared bring enlightenment and intelligence to the human mind. I hope counsel does not mean to imply that this court is bigoted. Well, your honor has the right to hope. I have the right to do more than that. You have the power to do more than that. And I exercise that power. Colonel Drummond, I order you to show cause tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock why you should not be held in contempt of this court. And in the meanwhile, I order that you be held in custody of the bailiff. Bail is fixed at $2,000. $2,000? Why don't you make it $4,000? It's four, Colonel Drummond. Your Honor, my paper will post the bond. Can you prove legal authorization to make such a commitment for your employer? Well, I'll wire my paper immediately. Fine. Until then, Colonel Drummond can avail himself of our municipal accommodations. Your Honor. Your Honor, sir. I'll put up my farm for Mr. Drummond. We have no way of ascertaining the value of your farm, sir. It ought to be worth that much. The law demands that bond be posted in cash. Your Honor... My bank will honor the offer on the security of this farm. He has considerably more equity in it than that. Very well. You can make arrangements with the court clerk. So, Inherit the Wind was really, really good. Um, I think you guys are going to enjoy the parts that I took to kind of develop this 
the show and the conversation that opens up. position he took a look at the stars thought there was something to eat he couldn't reach them he decided they were groceries belonging to a bigger creature that's how jehovah was born i wish i had your worm's eye view of history it would certainly make things a lot easier oh no not for you no no you you'd still be spending your time trying to make sense out of what is laughingly referred to as the human race why don't you take your blinders off? Don't you know the future's already obsolete? You- so obviously, I was very intrigued by this movie um, when it came on, and I heard what it was going to be about. And the actors, the actors in the movie are unbelievable, um, absolutely right. So you have a teacher who teaches Charles Darwin the evolution of man. And you live in a, you know, very, very old school. Like, remind you, this is an old movie, right? So not only is it old school, it's old school for old school, right? So you have this movie, you have this town, you have this priest, president, whatever, right? Because you saw presidents would run on religion. Some of them, some of, they would add it in some sort of way. You know, Nixon had this religious thing. You know, they all kind of did. Uh, and you have that, you know, this, this lawyer who is from the north, um, but he was born down there, and that's his hometown, I believe. And he's intrigued by this case because you're not saying religion is bad. That's not what he's saying. If you watch the movie, you'll understand. But it's the ability to think on your own and to think. The human mind is so powerful, so it gives you the ability to think. The Bible isn't right about everything. Now, does that mean parts of the Bible and the message of the Bible is bad? No. It just means it's not perfect. But, again, nothing is perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. So it just, it it's one of those classic movies, and I call it a classic because there's a deep, deep historical context and a historical message in the first place, and I, you know, me, so, but, that being said, 
you know, it's a good message to anybody, you know, to teachers. I think the biggest thing that teachers want, you know, if people, you know, educators, people who work in schools, is for you to be able to think on your own, come up with an educated opinion, and be able to write about it and speak about it and have a thing about it. Does that mean I might agree with you? No. Do I agree on everything with everyone? No. But it's the power of conversation and the power of human interaction. Right. I don't want to spoil too much of the movie because it is really good. Um, But you know, I'm going to talk about some things. I want to kind of discuss, you know, why, like, why do you, like, why do we think it is so important to be able to think for yourself and to think on your own and not rely on anything, anybody for your happiness, for your safety, for your health, for yourself to make decisions on you? Right? Why is that so important? You know, I talk about Vietnam. I talk about communism a lot. Um, just like I talk about the stock market a lot now, because for some reason, you know, I, I I've been growing this interest in it, and I've been able to talk about things because I listen. You know, that's one thing about me. I listen very well. Um, but again, going back to the movie, power struggle. Right? You have this power struggle between a man who, you know, lost, did not win his president, he ran, and a school teacher. And a school teacher who is doing, just trying to do right. Your Honor, there were some remarks I made uh, yesterday, uh, namely that I wish to withdraw from the case. If it pleases the court, I should like to withdraw my withdrawal. It continue as counsel for Burton case. I see no reason why Colonel Drummond should not continue as counsel for the defense. Proceed, Colonel Drummond. Thank you. Thank you. Your Honor, the court uh, has ruled out any evidence to scientific knowledge or the Darwinian theory. Uh, would the court admit evidence, expert evidence? on a book known as the Holy Bible. Objection, Colonel Brady. If counsel can advance the case for the defendant through the use of the Holy Scriptures, prosecution will take no exception. Good. I call to the stand one of the world's foremost experts on the Bible and its teachings, Matthew Harrison Brady. Your Honor, I shall not testify against anything. I shall speak. 
God as I have all my life on behalf of the living truth of the Holy Scriptures. No, 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 no. It won't be necessary to swear him in. I can make affirmations. I have no objection to swearing to God. I take it you will tell the truth. Uh, now, sir, I, I, I am right in calling upon you as uh, an authority on, on the Bible, am I not? I believe it is not boastful to say that I have studied the Bible as much as any layman, and I have tried to live according to its precepts, fully for you. Now, I suppose you can quote me chapter and verse right straight through the King James Version. There are many portions of the Holy Bible that I have committed to memory. I don't suppose there are many portions of this book you've committed to memory. The origin of the species. I am not the least interested in the pagan hypotheses of that book. Never read it, and I never will. Then how in perdition have you got the gall to whoop up this holy war about something that you don't know anything about? How can you be so cocksure that the body of scientific knowledge systematized in the writings of Charles Darwin is in any way irreconcilable with the book of Genesis? Would you state that question again, Pete? Well, now, let me put it this way. On page 10 of The Origin of the Species, Darwin states... I object to this, Your Honor. Colonel Bray has been called as an authority on the Bible. Now, the uh, gentleman from Chicago is using this opportunity to read into the record scientific testimony, which you, Your Honor, have previously ruled irrelevant. Now, he's going to examine Colonel Brady on the Bible, let him stick to the Bible, the Holy Bible, and only the Bible. You will uh, confine your questions to the Bible. All right, forget it. We'll play your ballpark, Colonel. <laughs> now, uh, uh, I'd like to get this part clear first. This, this is the book. This is the book that uh, you're an authority on, isn't it? That is correct. You believe that, that every word written in this book should be taken literally? Everything in the Bible should be accepted exactly as it is given there. Now, what about this part right here where uh, uh, it talks about uh, Jonah being swallowed by the whale? You figure that really happened? The Bible does not say a whale. It says a big fish. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it says a great fish. <laughs> but I guess that wasn't pretty much the same as the other. Now, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think about that business? I believe in a God who can make a whale and who can make a man and make both do what he pleases. God bless you, Matthew Harrison Brady. <laughs> I want those amens in the record. Now, I recollect a, a story about Joshua. Uh, Joshua making the sun stand still. Uh, as an expert, do you uh, tell me that that's uh, as right as the Jonah business? That's a pretty neat trick. I do not question or scoff at the miracles of the Lord, as do ye of little faith. Have you ever pondered what would actually happen to the earth if the sun stood still? You can testify to that if I get you on the stand. <laughs> if, if they say the sun stood still, they must have had some kind of an idea that the, that the sun moved around the earth. Do you think that's the way of things? Or don't you believe that the earth moves around the sun? I have faith in the Bible. You don't have much faith in the solar system. The sun stopped. Good. Now, 
If what you say actually happened, if Joshua stopped the sun in the sky, the earth stopped spinning on its axis. Continents toppled over one another, mountains flew into space, and the earth, shriveled to a cinder, crashed into the sun. Now, how come they missed that little tidbit of news? They missed it because it didn't happen. But it had to happen. It must have happened according to natural law. Or don't you believe in natural law, Mr. Brady? Would you, would you ban Copernicus from the classroom along with Charles Darwin? Would you pass a law throwing out all scientific knowledge since Joshua? Revelations, period? Natural law was born in the mind of the Heavenly Father. He can change it. Cancel it. Use it as he pleases. It constantly amazes me that you apostles of science, for all your supposed wisdom, failed to grasp this simple fact. Now, <clears throat> now listen to this. This is Genesis 4 to 16. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod, on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife. Now, where the hell did she come from? Who? Mrs. Cain. Cain's wife. If in the beginning there were just Cain and Abel and Adam and Eve, where, where did this extra woman come from? Did, did you ever stop to think about it? No, sir. I leave the agnostics to hunt for her. <laughs> Never bothered you? Never bothered me. Never tried to find out? No. You figure somebody else pulled another creation over the next county somewhere? The Bible satisfies me. It is enough. It frightens me to think of the state of learning in the world if everybody had your driving curiosity. Now, this book goes into a lot of begats. And Africa begat Selah, and Selah begat Eber, and so on and so on and so on. Now, are these pretty important people? They are the generations of the holy men and women of the Bible. How'd they go about all this begatting? What do you mean? Well, I mean, did they, uh, they begat in much the same way as uh, folks get themselves begat today. Process is about the same. And the cast is unbelievable. But you have Dick York as Katz, the school teacher. You have Eugene Kelly, right? You have Frederick March as Brady. You have Spencer Trace as Drummond. And, you know, remind you, these guys are. Long time, long time friends. Um, they've done a lot of movies together, they hang out a lot. So, when you watch it, like, it's the intensity, the language, the words. Everything is so now, too, that it's just, it's so important for, I think, everyone to watch. I want you all to think, right? The power of... The power to be able to think on your own, right? Not just the power of God, not just the power of whatever, right? Teachers 
job is to be able to create an environment where the students can think for themselves. Because that's all we really care about. Being able to think for yourself, know, know what's going on, and being able to adapt to life. Because it's going to happen. Like, you're going to have to learn how to adapt to something in your life. Every generation does. You know, for me, maybe it's COVID. Who knows? But, you know, life doesn't ever get easier. Ever. Right? And... Those who say it does, well, they're just flat out lying to you. Because it doesn't. It doesn't ever. I think people know that. I think the earlier you know that, the earlier, the more successful you'll be. Just keep that in mind. In a child's power to master the multiplication table, there is more sanctity than in all your shouted amens and holy holies and hosannas. An idea is a greater monument than a cathedral. And the advance of man's knowledge is a greater miracle than all the sticks turned to snakes or the parting of the waters. But now... Are we to forego all this progress because Mr. Brady now frightens us with a fable? Gentlemen, progress has never been a bargain. You have to pay for it. Sometimes I think there's a man who sits behind a counter and says, all right, you can have a telephone, but you lose privacy and the charm of distance. Madam, you may vote, but at a price. You lose the right to retreat behind the powder puff or your petticoat. Mister, you may conquer the air, but the birds will lose their wonder, and the clouds will smell of gasoline. Darwin took us forward to a hilltop, from where we could look back and see the way from which we came. But for this insight and for this knowledge, we must abandon our faith in the pleasant poetry of Genesis. We must not abandon faith. Faith is the most important thing. Then why did God plague us with the power to think? Mr. Brady, why do you deny the one faculty of man that raises him above the other creatures of the earth? The power of his brain to reason. What other merit have we? The elephant is larger, the horse is swifter and stronger, the butterfly is far more beautiful, the mosquito is more prolific, even the simple sponge is more durable. What does a sponge think? I don't know. I am a man, not a sponge. <laughs> what do you think a sponge thinks? If the Lord wishes a sponge to think, it thinks. Do you think a man should have the same privilege as a sponge? Of course. This man wishes to be accorded the same privilege as a sponge. He wishes to think. He is deluded. He is 
lost his way. It's sad that we don't all have your positive knowledge of what is right and wrong, Mr. Brady. How old do you think this rock is? I am more interested in the rock of ages than I am in the age of rocks. <laughs> Dr. Page of Overland College tells me this rock is at least 10 million years old. Well, well, Colonel Drummond. You managed to sneak in some of that scientific testimony after all. <laughs> Look, Mr. Brady. These are the fossil remains of a marine prehistoric creature found in this very county and which lived here millions of years ago when these very mountain ranges were submerged in water. I know. The Bible gives a fine account of the flood. But your professor's a little mixed up on his dates. That rock is not more than 6,000 years old. How do you know? A fine biblical scholar, Bishop Usher, has determined for us the exact date and hour of the creation. It occurred in the year 4004 B.C. <sighs> well, uh, that, that's uh, Bishop Usher's opinion. It's an opinion. It's a literal fact, which the good bishop arrived at through careful computation of the ages of the prophets as set down in the Old Testament. In fact, he determined that the Lord began the creation on the 23rd of October, 4004 B.C. at uh, 9 a.m. <coughs> at Eastern Standard Time? Or Rocky Mountain Time? It wasn't daylight saving time, was it? Because the Lord didn't make the sun until the fourth day. That is correct. That first day, well, what do you think it was, uh, 24 hours long? The Bible says it was a day. Well, there was no sun. Uh, you know, how, how do you know how long it was? The Bible says it was a day. Well, was it a normal day, a literal day, 24-hour day? I don't know. <clears throat> what do you think? I do not think about things I do not think about. Do you ever think about things that you do think about? Isn't it possible that it could have been 25 hours? There's no way to measure it, no way to tell. Could it have been 25 hours? It is possible. <clears throat> then you interpret that the first day is recorded in the book of Genesis could have been a day of indeterminate length. I mean to state that it is not necessarily a 24-hour day. It could have been 30 hours, could have been a week, could have been a month, could have been a year, could have been a hundred years, or it could have been 10 million years. I protest. This is not only irrelevant, immaterial, it is illegal. I demand to know the purpose of Mr. Drummond's examination. What's he trying to do? I'll tell you what he's trying to do. He wants to destroy everybody's belief in the Bible and in God. That's not true, and you know it. The Bible is a book. It's a good book, but it is not the only book. It is the revealed word of the Almighty God. Speak to the man who wrote the Bible. How do you know that God didn't speak to Charles Darwin? I know because God tells me to oppose the evil teachings of that man. Oh, God speaks to you? Yes. He tells you what is right and wrong? Yes. And you act accordingly? Yes. So you, Matthew Harrison Brady, through oratory or legislature or whatever, you pass on God's orders to the rest of the world. Well, me. Educators jobs is to do what? Create an atmosphere 
for individuals to be able to think for themselves. That's hard to think about, right? Because teachers a lot of the time get none of the credit. They don't really get anything any of the time. Everything's kind of their fault when really it's the other way around. Educators just want an individual at a given level of their educational career to be able to think for themselves, think critically, you know, historically, whatever their field may be, and to expand their field and to be able to understand different opportunities given. He's not saying, right? You have to believe everything Charles Darwin said. But it opens up that, I don't know, let me think about it. And that's the power of being a human, being able to think.